Why, hello there. Today in the show, we're going to be talking about those bouncy stability balls or exercise balls in the office. What does this mean for you as an ergonomics consultant? I'm going to be sharing some hard evidence today to help you along, save you some time. Welcome to the Business of Ergonomics podcast. I'm your host, Darcy Jeremy. I'm a board-certified professional ergonomist with over 15 years of experience delivering ergonomics programs to employers of all different types. In this podcast, I share what other healthcare professionals are already doing and being with ergonomics assessments and how to land those clients that you dream of. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode right now. Hey there, welcome to the show today. Today, we are not talking about marketing your services or the best ergonomic process or even one of my favorite things to talk about, participatory ergonomics and what that can mean for you and your clients. Although maybe that's coming up in the near future. What I want to talk about is some cold heart evidence that you can put in your back pocket so when you do see this, You are totally prepared with the cold hard facts on how to handle it. So we're talking about ball chairs in the office. You know what I'm talking about. Stability balls, exercise balls, they have very many names. You may have seen them in your gym or a physical therapy stability type of setting. But here's the thing, about 20 years ago, they started to pop up in the office. Some people wanted to use them because their office chair just kind of sucked. Or they were looking at another way to incorporate active sitting, but they couldn't afford a really cool chair or they just didn't know what the options were out there. Well, times have changed now. Like I mentioned, this is going to be a useful episode for you because I'm going to be talking about the benefits, the drawbacks to the use of ball chairs in the office. Now, today you might not see this very often or as often as a decade ago when you're doing office ergonomics assessments, but they're still around. I might see maybe less than 5% of the clients that you see use this, but you may still get questions when you're doing an ergonomics assessment, or you may see that one person. And you know what happens if you don't have the cold hard evidence to share? Well, you can be derailed, you can lose your train of thought, and you can lose your credibility in the eyes of your clients. So today's episode is going to give you the information that you need to have. Maybe you're not going to use it today, maybe you're not going to use it tomorrow, but by golly, I think this is going to be useful information in your entire practice when you're doing office ergonomics assessments. Before we dive into this episode, and you haven't yet looked at the ways that you can work with me, I want to direct you to the show notes today. I have a couple programs, the Office Ergonomics Blueprint, and that shows healthcare professionals how to get started with office ergonomics assessments and gives you all the support that you won't find in any other program. So check that out. I have a free training. You can learn more about the office ergonomic process, which is totally awesome. Huge time saver. Hey, but maybe you've been in the ergonomics industry for years and you don't need that. I have 
a passion for bringing ergonomics professionals together in a really neat platform. And that's why I created Accelerate the Business of Ergonomics. Not only is there a way for you to connect with your colleagues from around the world, and it's only getting better, but there is information there on how you can get your first paying customer. And not only that, build a system that works 24-7 that you can get customers. You'll get time-saving resources like monthly infographics and literature reviews, not just as the tip of the iceberg. So if you're interested in learning more about what that program has in store for you, again, you just got to head down to the show notes and get all the juicy details there. So there are a few reasons why people may want to sit on an exercise or a stability ball in the office instead of a chair. One reason is the belief that sitting on a ball can help strengthen core muscles, improve posture, and provide an active way to engage the body while sitting for long periods of time. Another reason is the perception that sitting on a ball is more comfortable than sitting on a traditional chair as the ball allows for more movement and can relieve pressure on certain parts of the body. Additionally, some people may simply find sitting on a ball to be a fun and novel way to sit at their desk. However, let's get down to the juicy details. Research of the use of stability or exercise balls in the office has been mixed over the past decade, with some studies suggesting benefits and others suggesting potential drawbacks. I have some key findings here that you can apply to literally any setting where this comes up. So you want to write these down, make some notes because it's going to be useful. The benefits are about three that I could find. First of all, you're going to get improved core muscle activation. What this means is that there's been some studies that have found that sitting on a stability ball can engage and strengthen core muscles, which can help improve posture and reduce back pain. Secondly, you're going to get an increase in energy expenditure. There's some research that suggests that using a stability ball instead of a chair can increase energy expenditure and potentially promote weight loss, although the effect is likely to be small. And third, the benefit is that it improves balance and stability. Using a stability ball requires constant adjustments and small movements, which can help improve balance and stability over time. So whenever I've asked a client why they use a stability ball, I generally get one of these three generic benefits. So here's the thing when we're talking about ergonomics and sharing our expertise. We don't want to be in the ivory towers all the time talking at a high level about the neuromuscular effects of sitting in a stability ball or, you know, the musculoskeletal disorder issues or specific muscle types. Sometimes we just got to keep it simple. So when I'm talking about the drawbacks here or the consequences that are negative related to sit-stand desks, these are generic, okay? I'm going to jump into more detailed research in a bit, but this can help you when you're talking to those clients and they need to hear something that makes sense for them because they're not experts in ergonomics. So here's three drawbacks you can share with them. Number one, increased discomfort. Sitting on a stability ball for extended periods of time can cause discomfort and even pain, 
Yes, I've seen it myself, particularly in the lower back and the hips. This can be exasperated if the ball is too small or too big for the user. And when we're talking about using something like this in the office, there is always a chance of a worker's compensation claim because someone falls off, especially if it's too big or too small. Secondly, lack of support. Unlike a chair, a stability ball does not provide armrests, backrests, or other forms of support that some people may need to be comfortable while sitting. Number three, lastly, increased distraction. Some people may find the constant movement required to maintain balance on a stability ball to be distracting and disruptive to their work. Okay, now that we have that general stuff cleared and ready to go so you can share, I want to talk about what the research says. It says without a shadow of a doubt that ball chairs should not be used as a replacement for a good ergonomics chair. One study conducted by Kingma and Van Dien in 2009 found that sitting on an exercise ball resulted in 33% more trunk rotation and in 66% more variation in lumbar EMG. While these findings can be considered an advantage for the exercise ball, the fifth percentile, an average lumbar EMG, was also higher when sitting on an exercise ball with 38 and 78% respectively. In addition, more spinal shrinkage occurred when sitting on an exercise ball than when sitting in an office chair. Boom. Okay, not only that, I want to talk about another study from 2006. Yes, I know, a little bit long ago but still relevant by Gregory, Dunk, and Callahan. And they found that sitting on a stability ball, participants reported increased discomfort compared to sitting in an office chair. They also observed increased muscle activation in the thoracic erector spani, decreased pelvic tilt, and increased perceived discomfort while sitting on a stability ball. The small changes in biological responses when sitting on a stability ball as compared with an office chair combined with the increased reported discomfort while on the ball. This suggests that using it for prolonged periods of time is not a great idea for your clients. I have one more piece of research that you should know about because it really clarifies this whole world of bouncy balls or stability balls in the office. And it's by McGill Cavett and Harvey from 2006 too, and they found that prolonged sitting on a dynamic, unstable seat surface does not significantly affect the magnitude of muscle activation, spine posture, spine loads, and overall spine stability. While sitting on a ball appears to spread out the contact area, possibly resulting in uncomfortable soft tissue compression. Okay, okay, so all of this comes down to one cold hard fact. That ball chairs should not be used as a replacement for an ergonomic office chair. Ball chairs may be useful for some temporary sitting to help with core strengthening, but they fail to provide any back support, especially in the lumbar region, which is an essential component of an ergonomic chair. Well, a good ergonomic chair that is adjusted for that specific user. Also, the material of a ball is non-breathable, which is contrary to the breathable material 
used in an ergonomic chair too. So I know that there are a variety of more active chairs that you'll find in the market today. There's especially a lot of them in Europe and they're really, really cool. So you might start to see these types of chairs in the office more and more as people are just unsatisfied with a typical ergonomics type of chair. It could be that they never had a really good chair in the first place and it was never adjusted. One thing I want to bring up here is that you can achieve somewhat active sitting in a really good office chair. There is a function called free float and that's part of the synchro tilt and you can reduce the tension of a chair and allow the chair to be able to go forward and back in the sagittal plane, so just one dimension there, and that can change how the body feels in terms of where the pressure is falling on the back, on the on the buttocks, on the on the back of the thighs. So that can be helpful. And that may relieve some of that person's concerns about just sitting in a stationary position all day. So if you have a client that's coming up to you and you're they're asking for a way to get more active in the day, I would look at those behavioral suggestions before jumping to an expensive new chair. Again, the behavioral thing would be looking at the synchro tilt option, using the free float throughout the day or wherever the task would allow them to be in a free float, like when they're on the phone or when they're talking to a colleague. The beneficial thing about using the synchro tilt throughout the workday is that it gives that person the functionality. So when they are doing more focused work, typing, word processing, etc., etc., they can set up that chair to give them adequate lumbar support in a more erect posture, about you know 90, 95 degrees, because that is what that person is naturally going to be doing. And if they don't have that lumbar support in those moments, then The risk is that person perching in their chair, perching on that ball wherever they're sitting, and that can cause a significant amount of more risk for the back and can create more fatigue as well. So my piece of advice when you are working with a client who is interested in active chairs is not only to fully use that functionality of the chair, use behavioral fixes as much as possible, limit the amount of prolonged sitting, maybe using some stretches if that is within your niche as a healthcare provider. However, if they would like to purchase a chair, what I really want you to encourage them to do is to do their due diligence. It could be that you can help them personally with picking out a chair and trying out options, which is really neat. And you can add a consulting fee to your ergonomic assessment fee because it's going to take more time or of course you can build that in to the cost of the assessment too. I want you to look at that chair holistically. So what are the other functions and features of that active chair? Do they have a really good backrest with lumbar support? Are they able to go in multiple degrees of freedom in that seat pan? Is it safe? Are there armrests to get in and out of the chair? If that person doesn't want to use the free float mechanism anymore, is there a way to lock it in place so they can use that chair as a stable base of support? Because let's face it, we're not all superhuman and we can't all be using our core muscles throughout the entire workday. 
even if you are an Olympic-level athlete. <laughs> well, prove me wrong, I guess. The, the main point is that person is looking for your ergonomics expertise. They're not going to get the results that they are looking in the long term with just using a stability ball. There's more support and there's more options available if they would like to have more active sitting. You have the behavioral solutions, you have the engineering solutions of, of using those functions in the chair or even looking for an active chair. But at the end of the day, that person is looking for you to get some solid advice. And I really hope that this episode gives you some clarity and whether or not these ball chairs should even be used in the office in the first place. I hope that this brought the goods to you today. And there are a couple of ways that you can work with me, either the ergonomics blueprint course to learn how to do office ergonomics assessments in the office, or you can work with me in the Accelerate program where I'm bringing ergonomics professionals together from around the world and uh, ability to, to chat with them in the forum and giving you time-saving resources every month. I hope to see you in one of those programs and I hope to see you in the next podcast. Have a good one. Chat soon. Accelerate the Business of Ergonomics helps healthcare professionals building their own thriving ergonomic service business and it's opening for enrollment soon. You can register now just by going to ergonomicshelp.com biz to be the first notified once we open up the doors to accelerate so that you too can tap into the strategies to build, attract customers, and raise your income with your own ergonomic services. Join the notification list to get the processes, the resources, and your future members you'll work with inside the program. You'll be the first to know about any brand new free training that I release, and you'll be the first in line when we open up the doors to accelerate the business of ergonomics next. All you got to do is head to ergonomicshelp.com slash biz to get started now.